Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on X or Twitter or whatever it is, at John Stolness. And it is Eagles Dallas week here, and game number one of this long-standing rivalry between two of the best teams in the NFC. And uh, this could be a, it's going to be a huge game to determine who ends up on top of this division as the Eagles look to try and repeat for the first time uh, of any division, uh, NFC East division winner since uh, 2004, 2003, 2004, whatever it was. It's been a long time since we've had a repeat division winner here. And the Cowboys are a phenomenal uh, opponent, and they are standing in the way. Right now, the Eagles are a little bit ahead of them in the standings. But uh, this Sunday afternoon, that could uh, that could all start to change uh, if the Eagles don't k- take care of business. And joining me to help preview Sunday afternoon's game against the Cowboys is the great R.J. Ochoa from Blogging the Boys. Uh, R.J., thanks for coming back on Eye on the Enemy, man. we got a big one coming up this Sunday afternoon. How you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, doing great, John. Great to be with you as always. Um, it is a, a fun time of year. Uh, I do want to reiterate: there's only one fan base that is a part of this that refers to it as a as a particular week uh, by a nickname, um, which is kind of in line with the the rent free logic that we like to apply. Um, I do have a petition though. Why not call it Cowboys Week? Like Dallas Week is interesting. It's it's, it's interesting to go city as opposed to mascot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think it's because, generally speaking, the the mantra around Philadelphia is Dallas sucks, and so we just, mm. for whatever reason, it ha- it's maybe it is more of a, a dislike of of the city as a whole. Maybe it goes back to the days when you know Dallas was a TV show. I don't know, but I I, I can't explain it. You're 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 right. Um, it's uh, it, it's a weird thing that we decide to make it about the city and not necessarily about the team, but. Um, you know we're entrenched now, man. This is this is multiple generations of of Dallas sucks and Dallas week and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I'm not swimming against that tide. That's fair. Um, I just I, I just want to see the same energy then when the Sixers play the Mavs or the Phillies play the Rangers, uh, <laughs> things like that. That's all. That's all I'm asking. I guess if that's going to be you know par for the course. Yeah, definitely. When the Phillies play those Dallas Rangers, uh, we're we're definitely going to get up for that. Um, exactly. <laughs> just just as much. Good point. Um, well, let's. I, I mean, obviously, this is. Um, there have been there have been many seasons where either the Cowboys are up and the Eagles are down, the Eagles are up and the Cowboys are down. But these last couple of seasons, both teams are Super Bowl contenders, and uh, we've got another season in which you've got a Dallas team that's loaded, an Eagles team that's loaded. Right now, the Eagles are uh, ahead in the uh, division at seven and one. The the Cowboys are at five and two. The Cowboys have had their bye already. Uh, the Eagles have not. And uh, I know a couple weeks ago, RJ, everyone in Dallas, Cowboys fans all across the country were despondent after that Sunday night loss to the 49ers. But the Cowboys have bounced back since then. And so just as we're doing, let's do a vibes check-in to kind of start things off right now. How are Cowboys fans feeling a few weeks removed uh, from what that from that Sunday night game? I think the 49ers loss was harrowing because it um, it cemented that there's a ceiling on this team. 
Um, and, and the Niners are that, and I, I don't say that with any disrespect to the Eagles, obviously, but they are the, the Cowboys' daddy. I mean, they have not been able to get past them, and they talked about that game, kind of saying that, and, and obviously in hopes of, of kind of finally breaking through. Um, and so I do think that everyone in the deep recesses of their minds at this point still kind of feels that way, still kind of feels that if Dallas were to draw San Francisco at some point down the road, that it would probably not go well for them. Uh, but the last few weeks have done a lot to at least put some win back in the sales of, of where we're at in our current moment. Uh, the Cowboys beat the Chargers right after that on Monday Night Football. And for the first time throughout the year, didn't play in a blowout, you know, positively or negatively. It was the first mm. time that um, they had a game kind of go all 10 rounds. Um, and they came out, obviously, on the positive side of it. And then they came out of their bye. And I think a lot of people were really... Um, really anticipating a potential sleepwalk of a game, maybe looking past the Rams, maybe a bit of a trap game sort of vibe. And so for them to come out and just end it in like the second round uh, was really a, a positive thing to see. It was positive to see the offense kind of get going. It was certainly the best offensive showing we've seen from the team and great to see special teams blowing up. Like it was the the perfect kind of game I think you could have uh, to feel positive about the Cowboys going into a big one, going into one with, with big time implications as far as the division is concerned. Um, I don't share these sentiments myself but the overall vibes um, are immaculate for people who live in the DFW area and root for all of their teams, given the fact that the Rangers won the World Series as well. <laughs> yeah, I would say, I would say, yeah, feelings are, are probably pretty good in, in that general region. The the Rangers uh, certainly given off uh, some some quality vibes there, and maybe even giving the Cowboys a little cover. I know that happens sometimes. Uh, a few years ago, when the Phillies um, won the World Series in two thousand eight, gave the Eagles a little bit of cover. I mean, these the sports teams. There's so many people who are fans of of both sports teams or all the sports teams in the city. That certainly does um, not only help uh, make people just generally feel better but also gives a little bit of coverage ah we can excuse that but i mean the cowboys really are they're number one in dallas the rangers can win all the world series they want and and if the cowboys lose this game on sunday afternoon uh there, there's going to be hell to pay but i mean it's in philadelphia it's a 425 start uh and the eagles of course have are, are coming off a a tight win against the against the commanders uh, meanwhile as you mentioned uh the cowboys blew out the Rams 43-20, to 20, and I, I thought the Rams would give them uh, a better game. The, the Rams are a little bit more improved than I thought they were uh, coming into the season. But the Cowboys, you know, as we kind of look at these matchups, we look at, you know, we'll start off looking at the, the, the Cowboys' offenses against the, the Eagles' defense. I think... These two teams are pretty evenly matched. If you look at if you look at the DVOA numbers, especially uh, the, the the way the, the the Cowboys' offense has played against the way the Eagles' defense has played, it, it's worrisome from an Eagles fan perspective because we just we watched Sam Howell tear this team to shreds last week, and the Eagles were able to escape. But the the pass defense for Philadelphia has not been good. There's been a lot of turnover and changes in the secondary with people coming in and out. And uh, Bayard being there now, it'll be his second his second game. So we'll see if there's any kind of improvement there. But the loss of Avante Maddox has really hurt them at the slot corner position. Um, but at the same time, they went out and they shut down the Dolphins two weeks before that. So I don't know what kind of defense we're going to get on Sunday afternoon against the Cowboys. Are we going to get the unit that shut down the highest octane offense in the NFL two weeks ago or the one that couldn't stop Sam Howell virtually the entire game until like the last couple of series? What do you, when you look at this Eagles defense, what do you say? I mean, I think what concerns me the most is 
you know, right at the at the front of it all in terms of Jalen Carter. The Cowboys um, are coming off, to your point, a game where they had a lot of offensive success, the most they've had in a game, um, and they didn't even need four quarters to kind of do it. Um, but that can all get wrecked. And if the Cowboys are weak anywhere, you know, like a lot of teams, it's, it's up front, it's along the offensive line. Um, at the time of our conversation, it still remains to be seen whether or not Tyron Smith is going to play. Um, that's been this weird uh, cloud hanging over them just because they've decided to go at this and it has predictably created all of these problems and lack of sustainability. Um, but, I mean, presuming Dak Prescott has enough time to, to get passes off, I, I do trust him, um, particularly against the Eagles. I know that that's not a, a popular opinion among your listeners, but Dak Prescott has had a lot of success against the Eagles over time. Yeah. And, and that's different players and different coaching staffs and things like that. Um, but, you know, to hear you feel, you know, vulnerable there uh, potentially is, is certainly music to my ears. Um, if there's one constant that, that I trust to, to kind of show up in this game, it is probably Dak. And I think CD is, is an extension of that. Uh, I said on one of our shows recently that Dak is kind of the Jedi and, and CD is, is the force. Um, CD, if, if you didn't see it, again, I know these things kind of slipped through the cracks. After that loss to San Francisco, in the most non-diva way possible, and I, I mean that genuinely, said he wanted the ball more and said that he needed it more for the team to succeed, and they have given it to him. He has the most receiving yards over his last two games that he's had in any two-game stretch throughout his Cowboys career. He had 14 targets last week against the Rams, and again, that wasn't even with a full game's worth of work. Uh, so they are they are tunneling or funneling, excuse me, everything through him right now, and that's a big reason for the success that we're seeing the Cowboys' offense has as of, uh, have as of late. Um, I trust them, but but again, if if there's pressure in front of Dak Prescott's face, I mean, nothing's going to work in the overall. As I'm looking at Dak Prescott's record against the Eagles, he is 8-3 and three in his career against them, and he has a career passer rating of 98.9. Looking at the last three games, 143.3, that was in 2021, 151.8 uh, in January of uh, 2022, uh, and then uh, 124.3, uh, in December of last year uh, in the game the Eagles lost. So uh, again, it's been uh, it, it's been a, it's it hasn't been a great uh, a great situation for for Philadelphia against Dak Prescott. He generally speaking plays really really well uh, against the Eagles. And so I, I know early in the season, uh, Tony Pollard was getting a ton of reps, a ton of touches. Has that eased up over the last few weeks, or are they still riding him into the ground? Yeah, prior to that San Francisco game, it's a real inflection point. He was leading the NFL in carries, and uh, and since then Christian McCaffrey's kind of you know taken over and, and has been putting some distance between them. Um, nobody was thrilled about that, to be clear. <laughs> like everybody yes. thought that that was a, a, a bad idea, and he's really struggled. Um, so I mean, his work has diminished, and some of that has just been game script and, and situations and things like that. Um, but you know, some people chalk it up to he can't handle the load of being the the top tier running back on the team, or uh, some people attributed to him still dealing with the after effects of his injury that he suffered in the divisional round last year, the fractured fibula. Um, he has for a long time been one of the most explosive players on the team, and he's not right now. And he's, I wouldn't say that he's, you know, a hindrance or anything, but, um, you know, at the Cowboys bye week, we talked about kind of the most disappointing players and, and overperforming ones and things like that. And I wouldn't say it was consensus, but a lot of our staffers agreed that Pollard had been one of the most disappointing players on offense. We had such high expectations and he's just, some of it is offensive scheme and some of it is the the cast of characters that have been floating through the offensive line, as I mentioned, but um, it sure would be great to see him get going. He has yet to have a, a game that you kind of feel really great about, uh, not just in a general sense, but you know, if you drafted him in fantasy football, something like that, he's not delivering now and, and we would love to see that change.
Well, and, and the other thing too is, and I, I know that some coaches they want to kind of establish what they do best and 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 all of that. And I guess where do you fall on this? Is that the Eagles have maybe the best rush defense in the NFL, but you can move the ball through the air against them. This doesn't seem like the week to me where you're going to see a heavy dose of Tony Pollard getting carries, right? I mean, I mean, I, this this feels a game like a game to me where Dak Prescott has 45 pass attempts. You know, and and is that too many? Like, would you feel comfortable if that were the case? Kind of like what we saw, how Sam Howell was was slinging the ball last week. You know, cut quick drops, quick release, getting finding hunt. You know, Jake Ferguson over the middle, uh, finding there's finding you know Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup over the middle. Um, you know, they just it's the Eagles really struggle in that intermediate area over the middle of the field, but that can kind of serve as a running game because it does, if you try to run on this defensive line, even with a, a an offensive line that again we don't know Tyron Smith's status, but generally speaking, is healthier than we have seen most Dallas offensive lines be when these two teams play. Running the football doesn't sound like a great idea. Yeah, I mean, I certainly wouldn't challenge um, this Eagles defensive line, and certainly up the middle. We've seen the Cowboys. You know, this is you know the West Coast offense. They call it the Texas Coast offense because they think they're clever. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, they 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 have utilized the kind of quick you know quick outs and and use, utilizing the flats and things like that with their you know ideally shiftier, faster, quicker players. And and Pollard has been involved in that. Um, so, but you're right. I mean, in terms of middle of the field. That was something I wrote about at our site over the course of the bye was they, they were kind of avoiding it. And mm. it sort of felt like uh, maybe it was a little bit of scar tissue from all of the interception luck that went against them last year. Uh, that Maybe they didn't want to necessarily, you know, tempt fate. Uh, but that really changed this past week against the Rams, which is part of what was so exciting. And so I'm with you. I do think that that, that, that Dak is going to have to carry this team. And for what it's worth, we have seen Dak utilize his mobility a lot more as of late. Now he's not Jalen Hurts, obviously, uh, but he's he's got a low level of mobility that can you know move the occasional chains and and obviously mm-hmm. pick up you know five yards here, six yards there, whatever the case may be. That has kind of been the most consistent level of their run game, and not that it's happening at a high frequency, um, but it is going to have to be a game that I, I agree with you is probably one on his arm as opposed to anything else. Well, and I'll tell you, Jalen Hurts' running game hasn't been Jalen Hurts' running game this year either. So it's, you know, they they've both been kind of uh, about as as active in the run game uh, this year, which is I don't know if it's gonna if it's gonna maintain itself during the course of the season, but uh, so far, really, he hasn't been looking to run, and it's been pretty comparable, I think, to what we might see from Dak there. And just generally speaking, with Dak. Obviously, the interceptions were a huge problem last year. And, you know, some of that is luck. Some of the turnover issues are always luck, whether it's an interception or a fumble. But taking care of the football is is going to be, and we say it every week, you know, if, generally speaking, if you win the turnover battle, you're going to win that game. Now, the Eagles have gotten away with, with committing more turn, turnovers than they've recovered. But um, I, James Bradbury looks like he's missing a step so far this year. I don't know if that's going to continue, but Darius Slay, he made a big play a couple of weeks ago, um, but against the, against the Dolphins, but has largely been quiet other than that. How is Dak Prescott looking this year? Does he kind of, is it kind of the same as we've seen every other year, except without the interception so far? You know, um, I, I think that this will be in, in important um, discussion to happen for Eagles fans over the course of the off season, because 
everything that we talked about is, as you well know, the Dak Prescott interception narrative was really loud over the course of the mm-hmm. offseason and this and that. He didn't even play a full regular season last year. Uh, but everything we talked about was how very obviously 2022 was an outlier for Dak. And that is proving to be the case. So, I mean, from an interception standpoint, he's thrown five this season. Um, he threw one off of a tip ball last week against the Rams. Uh, you could certainly place some semblance of blame on him for that. He threw one at the end of the loss in Arizona. I think that at that moment in time, the Cardinals had something like a 96% win probability. Um, hmm. And the interception just obviously effectively guaranteed victory for them. It was it was kind of a last-ditch sort of effort. And then he had three in the just tire fire that was the loss to San Francisco. So for the most part, um, if you're willing to kind of lump up the Niners game as like everything was terrible, everything was bad, you know, all the way through. Uh, he's had two, I wouldn't call them fluky interceptions, but they were hardly poor throws. They were hardly bad decisions. Um, the one that sticks out to me from Jalen is the the Jets game, the, the losing interception. Dak hasn't had anything like that. That is this, yeah. you know, really hard to explain. What were you seeing, you know, kind of thing. He really has kind of returned to the player that he was prior to last year. All right, let's flip it around and let's take a look at the Eagles offense against the, the Cowboys defense. And this is obviously matching up strength on strength here. Um, and if you're, if, if you're the Eagles... Obviously, you have to account for Micah Parsons. And the way they did it in the first game last year was the RPO game. They were they were forcing him to make a decision, and Jalen Hurts was essentially reading Micah Parsons, and they were leaving him unblocked because Parsons couldn't really commit to whether or not to go after Jalen Hurts and pin his ears back and try and get the sack or whether to guard against a Hurts run or him handing it off to a running back in the second game of the season without Jalen Hurts there. You had Gardner Minshew, and it's, it's a, that's a much easier that's a much easier quarterback to game plan against. Again, we haven't seen Jalen Hurts really run the ball all that much. He's essentially had one game where he was really dynamic as a runner, but he's dealing with this bone bruise in his knee. He's kind of limping around a little bit. It doesn't look like he really wants to get out and run. The RPO game has not been a real part of the Eagles offense so far this year. So if you're the, if you're the Cowboys and you're Micah Parsons, how are you game planning for, for an Eagles team that, generally speaking, has made Jalen Hurts mostly a, a pocket passer so far this year? Yeah, I mean, I certainly think that Hertz's ability to run in a literal sense is probably the biggest X factor in this game. Um, if, if it is what we've seen for a lot of the season, then I, I certainly think that that lends in, in favor of the Cowboys because that introduces Micah as, as who he has been for most of his career. Um, and, you know, understanding that that may not be as practical for the Eagles this week, I think that the way to, you know, kind of the inverse is to just run away from Micah Parsons. I think, you know, if you're the Eagles, focus along the interior. I mean, this is a Jason Kelsey is our superstar kind of game. Let DeAndre Swift get out. Or if you're really insistent on it, Kenny Gainwell, I suppose, um, in the red zone. But um, it, it has to be there. The Cowboys have, you know, they drafted Mozzie Smith in the first round. They really wanted to get tougher and, and be able, they wanted to be able to stop the run along the middle of things. And they haven't really been able to do that. Um, now, granted, they've put their teams that they've played for the most part in some positions where they haven't necessarily been able to run the ball, you know, throughout the course of a game, just because they've gotten out to these big, massive leads. Uh, but I, I would imagine that's probably their, you know, really obvious Achilles heel is to just stay away from Micah Parsons, keep him along the outside, let him run around. And, and get to Jalen when it's too late, when the ball's already out of his hands. Because I do think that if the Eagles are to try a similar sort of practice that they did in the game in Philadelphia last year, that might not work out for Jalen, who might not be as mobile in our current moment. So if you're if you're game planning against the Dallas defense right now, how do how do you beat this group? How do you beat how do you beat this group that seemingly every week is able to again with the exception of say like the 49ers game, uh, you know, here and there, the the defense has been the stronger of the two units. How, how do you beat this Cowboys defense right now? 
I think you obviously have to inhibit any potential of contribution on offense. That's really been what has has limited them. In the Cardinals game, the Cowboys offense just couldn't get going, and it didn't help that the defense got run all over. I mean, the Cardinals had over 200 yards of rushing in the first half. I mean, it just was this really strange outlier kind of performance, and the Niners just overwhelmed them. And you could argue that some of that is the psychological effect of it all, and the Cowboys really hyped that game up, and it blew up in their face. Um, but I, I would say that you've got to limit what they're able to do offensively. You've got to force them to to have some turnovers. That's what the Niners did. I mean, I mentioned, you know, Dak obviously had the three interceptions, but outside of that, for the most part, they're not turning the ball over, um, which sounds great in and of itself, but effectively they're not giving other teams short fields to work with. They're not giving them these easy opportunities. They're putting the defense in situations where they have all the room in the world to protect. Um, and obviously if you're a talented group, it's it's much easier to do so in that sense. And so um, when on offense, again, I, I would I would attack the middle of things. I mean, the Cowboys are still without Leighton Vander Esch. Uh, Marquis Bell, who's a second-year undrafted free agent, has played really admirably in his stead. Um, and I would obviously lean into A.J. Brown. I mean, the Cowboys <laughs> have some some secondary players that, that I really like, um, but, but they're not going to limit A.J. Brown. This is not going to be a, oh, man, A.J. had two catches for 19 yards. They really shut him down. Like, there is no way that is happening. And so I, I would just lean into strengths at this point if I were Philly. Um, and, and hope that that's enough. I would not steer away from what has been so successful for the Eagles for a year and a half at this point. Do you double AJ at this point or do the Eagles have too many other weapons to be able to be able to be able to do that? Yeah, I've thought about that a lot at this point, and I think you just have to kind of accept it. I think that's that's kind of what the mistake the Cowboys made with Jalen Hurts last year was to your point about Micah was, you know, they, they sold out. I mean, it was Micah, you know, unleashed out of a cage every snap and, and he was almost too fast in that sense and Jalen kind of used it against him and I think if you devote too much attention to AJ Brown Devontae Smith is, is incredibly talented in his own right and he had a great game against Dallas on Christmas Eve and so I, you don't want to cut your nose off despite your fate uh, your face against this team and you, you just again he's he's one of the best if maybe not the best wide receiver in the NFL right now you have to accept that he's going to have some level of success against you and that you're going to have to find ways to succeed in spite of that that's just kind of the rhymes and the rhythms of an NFL game well as we as we kind of take a look at these two teams again I think it's a it's a pretty even matchup uh, the Eagles have really benefited from a generally soft schedule so far I think you know the Rams was a was a, a tougher team than we thought and that was a good challenge for for Philadelphia and certainly beating the Dolphins the way they did was a was a good win but they've been able to stack some wins against some some of the not the more mediocre competition in the NFL this year. And uh, I think the Cowboys have probably played a, a little bit of a tougher schedule so far, but um, there's still a lot of season left to go. And this is the start of a, of a gauntlet for the Eagles here over these next five games where uh, they, they are really going to have their work cut out for them. And we're going to get a true sense and see exactly uh, how good this team really, really is. And so I'm just, your, your thoughts on, on Sunday afternoon. I, I imagine you're taking your boys to, to win this game, but how do you see this game playing out? Yeah, I am taking the Cowboys, uh, especially if you give me the three points that they're being afforded in in most sports books. Um, I, I mean, they're they're kind of finding themselves, and I mean, th this is kind of a, a immovable force meets unstoppable object. In that, you know, Philly's what twenty six and three in regular season games under Hurts, and you mentioned it, Dak is eight and three. I know there's some you know less consequential games involved in that you know stretch of time, but 
I mean, he was marvelous against Philadelphia last year. And so mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm certainly willing to trust that um, and, and trust that the Cowboys understand the magnitude of this game. They, they have spent a lot of time for the last year and a half chasing the Eagles um, in the standings. And, and obviously they've you know not been able to fully catch them. Obviously, they jumped out to the early divisional league this year through the first couple of weeks. But they know how big of a game this is. They know it's it's a not quite a, a seven point swing or anything like that, but that they can really kind of announce themselves and, and take over. And their gauntlet hasn't come yet. I know you mentioned that they've had a bit of a tougher road to this point. Um, after this, the Cowboys get the Giants and Panthers and Commanders. But starting the Thursday after Thanksgiving, they host the Seahawks, they host the Eagles, they go to Buffalo, they go to Miami, and then they return to host the Lions. And so they really have to kind of do what Philly's done. They have to find a way to stack all these wins to survive the onslaught that's coming their way. Um, I know that people laugh at Mike McCarthy. I do think he has changed the the culture of the Cowboys and that they show up for big moments. I know that that hasn't happened in the playoffs, but they have a home field advantage now. I know this game's on the road, but um, they perform well out of the bye. They crush the bad teams. They, they do all of these things that, you know, are becoming of elite NFL operations. And so I trust them to go get this big win on the road in Philadelphia and prepare themselves for what is hopefully an easy November stretch before everything gets more difficult in December. Yeah, and that's the thing. Everybody, everybody fussing about schedules and all that kind of stuff. These two teams basically play the same schedule, just in a different order. So you do right. have to just, you know, you gotta kind of, you do have to pile up the wins when you can. And the Eagles, to their credit, did that. And I, in every power ranking, they're they're at number one. It's it's hard to disagree with that. And I imagine a a win on Sunday afternoon against the the Cowboys would only strengthen that. But against the Cowboys, can can move way up with a win against the Eagles in Philadelphia. But generally speaking, when these two teams are both really good, they defend their home turf. And so we'll see. If if that holds true here on Sunday afternoon, maybe the Eagles can finally stop Dak Prescott from from ripping them apart. It should be a phenomenal game on Sunday afternoon. And if you want to know more about your enemy, make sure to check out Blogging the Boys and, and RJ Ochoa and everything he's got going on there. Uh, RJ, thank you for coming back on Eye on the Enemy, buddy. I really appreciate it. John, you're the best. I love you with all of my heart. And um, yeah, I don't have anything else to say except for I love you. All right, well, let me give you my prediction for this game. And I think really all of these games during this next uh, rough stretch is going to, they're all going to be 50-50 coin flips, it feels like to me. You could make an argument for either team winning this game. They would all be plausible arguments. And the Eagles could go 0-5 on this stretch. They could go 5-0 and or 6-0, and 0-6. They can go 3-3, and 4-2. and Really, any number of combinations is possible. Uh, I think it's most likely they'll go 4-2 and during this stretch. And I think they'll lose the game in Dallas, and I think they'll win this one at home. Uh, or I think they'll split the two Dallas games, and I think the one they're more more likely to win is this Sunday afternoon with a raucous crowd behind them. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun game. Certainly, the 425 window is maybe my favorite football watching window of all. Uh, it just it's it's not prime time, and sometimes those games just go a little bit late. Those 425 starts, man, right around, you know, you're having dinner at around halftime and it's just a lot of excitement going on. That's that's a good window and I think it's going to be a really good game. I think, I think, I said it last week and I was wrong, but I do think that the Eagles need to return to the ground game a little bit here. Uh, not necessarily they need to be run heavy, but I, what really beat the Cowboys and Micah Parsons last time was the dual threat of Jalen Hurts as a runner and a thrower and being able to use those running backs. I think having Tyler Steen in at right guard will be uh, an interesting development. Uh, Suo Peta has not been good these last couple of weeks, both in uh, stopping the uh, stopping the uh, in, in the run game and in the passing games, uh, preventing um, 
preventing rushers and and frankly lane johnson and, and some of the other guys on the offensive line have struggled a little bit recently but lane johnson being in the lineup is a huge deal for the eagles against the cowboys and generally speaking when he's been in there against dallas they win when he's been out of the lineup they don't win and so he's in there this week and he's playing well i don't know if he's playing at his best right now but because of the injury that he suffered but uh, i think he's he's playing well enough and i think this is a game, a get well game for DeAndre Smith, the, the, DeAndre Swift. They, they, the, the Cowboys have shown that they can be run on, as you heard RJ talk about a minute ago. And I think that's the way the Eagles are going to try and and win this football game is a uh, ball ball control, uh, get especially inside the twenty. They really need to do a better job of running the football inside the twenty. They really need to stop using Kenny Gainwell inside the twenty and make that DeAndre Swift's territory there because you don't. You don't really need your pass catching running back and pass blocking running back in there. And if and if you do need that on a third down, then fine, put Kenny in there in a passing situation. But uh, it should be DeAndre Swift in there, and hopefully we see a little bit of a return from the RPO game as well to help keep Micah Parsons off balance a little bit. So I I think we're going to see a return to the run game. AJ Brown, I think his streak of 125 yards ends here on Sunday. I mean, that can't go on for forever, but I think some different heroes will step up. Uh, maybe we see another Julio Jones touchdown at some point in this game, but I think the Eagles win this one, uh, and I think it's a close one, but I think they they pull this thing off. I'm going to say 31-27. to 27. Eagles take care of the Cowboys here in this one. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. My thanks to RJ Ochoa once again for joining me here on the show. Uh, don't forget, BleedingGreenNation.com each and every day should be the main place you go to for all your Eagles news. We got the latest links, news, roundup, and rumors, and all that kind of stuff. And you can also get our weekly picks on there. I went 15-1 and picking games straight up last week, and uh, I'm ahead of the pack among all the other Bleeding Green Nation writers and head of the community by about a half dozen games right now. So um, I did lose Thursday night. I picked uh, the Titans over the Steelers, but that didn't happen. But overall, so far this year, I've been doing pretty good as far as the straight up bets go. Um, so we'll see what happens here this week, but feeling good after last week's 15 and 1. So make sure you check out bleedinggreennation.com and all of our podcasts here at the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time right here on Eye on the Enemy. G and